Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? And welcome to What's in Your Glass. As you know, I'm your host, Carmelo Anthony. Let's welcome today's guest. You know him as the, the legendary actor, writer, and producer whose 44-plus projects in TV and film have ranged from comedies like the Scary Movie franchise and the TV show The Wayne Brothers to dramatic roles in movies like, uh, I want to get this right, though, the, the Requiem. Requiem for a Dream. The Requiem, okay, for a Dream. And recently in Sophia's, um, I want to say that name. Sophia right. Coppola. Coppola, all right. On people the say Coppola, uh, but that would be Coppola. I, I, listen, I, I, I always say Coppola. That's what the hell I say. <laughs> Coppola, that's what I see. Uh, but you you also could see him uh, soon in the upcoming Aretha Franklin biopic, Respect, um, which we'll get into later. But please welcome to the show a true legend who has almost too many damn incredible projects uh, to name Marlon Wayans. I'm just having a woo! You need some sound effects here, nigga. Give me some sound effects. No <laughs> <laughs> doubt. I also got my second stand-up special coming out on HBO Max called You Know What It Is. And uh, it's really, fu- really funny. I'm proud of it. Um, so that comes on HBO Max August 19th. Respect. Aretha Franklin biopic comes out August 13th. There you have it. There you have it from the man himself. So... Again, man, your birthday just passed, right? Yeah, I'm old, nigga. You ain't got Happy. another day. <laughs> One year closer to dying, nigga. One year closer. Nah, July 23rd, my birthday. Yo, man, happy, happy, happy belated birthday, Thank man. Thank you, my guy. So, because it was your birthday, did, did you have, what, what did you have in your glass? I know you drank something. You had something oh, in your glass. Man. I haven't stopped having things in my glass. Metal. Uh, I had a lot of, um, a lot of 42. <laughs> Uh, a lot of a lot of Casamigos, a lot of a mm. lot of a lot of kettle, a lot of a lot of actually a, I went to Diddy's party, so oh, I'm gonna take Casamigos and Patron and uh, what's it called put that to the yeah put that out yeah y'all leave that to the side. Puffy filled me with that Deli Young, him and, and the babies. The babies was giving me look, little babies. The Diddy babies like yeah drink that drink that Deli Young. Killed the Deli Young and the Ciroc. So, you know, got got always big props to uh, brothers doing it. And uh, so, yeah, thanks, Puff, for getting me fucked up. And then um, <laughs> right now in my cup, I had that Wade. And uh, I okay. want to try the bronze okay. liquor. I had the Wade's wine. is delicious. Um, but right now, uh, I'm going to, I'm sipping this right here, which is machete. Hey, listen, that machete is incredible. The artwork is the artwork is an art piece itself. Exactly, they be tripping. Black girl, black woman on a Cadillac. Come on, yeah, man. That's that, that, queen that, that and, I'm drinking that Queen and Slim. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you a story about Machete though. A couple years ago, I had I had Machete a couple years ago. Yeah, and they 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 only had little like bulks of like you only could buy like a half a case or something like that. So I went to Indiana. I was in Indiana. 
And they was like one of the biggest di distributors for Machete. I bought the whole shit. I bought the whole everything in the, all the machete in the whole hotel. That's why I, I get to find the shit. God yo, damn I get you. the listen. I get the call and like they like yo, we don't have no more. We don't have no more machete on the market. But at that time, nobody was really drinking machete right. like that. And I was just collecting it because of the actual label. Right. At the end of the day, yeah. And I wanted all. I wanted all the labels. So that that story is crazy. There's so let's, the crazy part let's, is you actually you fucked me up with the machete. You you machete. you put some respect <laughs> on the name like karate. That machete like nigga, you gonna and you gonna say coppola coppola coppola? This nigga mellow. Machete. machete. You some wine on it. You'll say the name like oh that's the the coppola machete. <laughs> you know, this nigga speaks Spanish. <laughs> Did you fail Spanish three times, mellow? I, I didn't even go to Spanish class, man. <laughs> I should have. I should have went. I, I should have went. Did. I should have went. I should have fucking went. <laughs> so you know, but, but before, oh, I'm drinking. This is what I'm drinking. What you drinking? It's called Memento, Memento Mori. Yeah, that's, that's what that, I'm drinking. That sound expensive, right there, man. Yeah, yeah, that that Memento Mori. All right, hold on. I'll that's what I'm drinking. That looked like one of them thousand dollar bottles. Them bottles that hurt my feelings, and people be like, "You could have paid my rent with that bottle." I could have. But I really wanted, hold up, I really wanted to uh, have a good piece of wine, so uh, fuck your rent. <laughs> hold up, there you go. <laughs> Boom. Morante Moro. Got it. Copy. That's my first time having it, so. That's what I do. I Hopefully. always take pictures of good wines when I have it. Sometimes I go to Wally's and I just sit there. Oh, that's that my bottle. office right there. That's why I tasted Wade's uh, wine. I was impressed. I was like, this nigga with that bat with them ugly feet making wine like this? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Bron making tequila, right? Bron got the tequila. Yeah, yeah. I got the, the logo. He, he fucked me up because he's sending all these goddamn special bottles to niggas, and I'm just sitting there jealous. Like, oh, Terrence J get a bottle? Really, Bron? Yeah. Ta yeah, yeah. Terrence J get a bottle? You can't send your man no fancy bottle? <laughs> man. But you know, I'm still going to plug a shit, Bron, because, you know, still fam, nigga. And you got ugly feet too, but I'm still. <laughs> Still gonna love you with your little ugly ass baby toe. And I'm gonna drink it, goddamn. What's the name of his, his liquor? Lobos. Lobos, yes. Wolves. So, Bron, send me some for I fire at you. All goddamn <laughs> Mellows, your meds. I'm waiting on your best man's fucking podcast to fire shots, Bron. No. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna try it. It looked good. The bottle itself, I was like, yeah, I gotta try it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's actually really good. I, I, I taste it. You it's actually one? really good. I'm working on wine. All right, good. I'm, then so I'm listening. So because they don't nobody want to send you shit, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you some personal shit. My man, I want. I want that vineyard. I want it stomp. I want you to have Wade and Braun stomp out the grapes with their ugly feet, and I'm sipping that. That's the special bottle, the goat bottle. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Listen. I know, I, I know, I know you like basketball. I know you're a big, big oh, basketball fan. So we, 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 yeah, indeed, and um. Like what? What do you? I know you're a Knicks fan. All right, All right. so here's ready. All right, so give me the real on that. Give me, uh, give me the real on that. I'm born in New York. I'm a New York nigga. Born in Manhattan. I'm a you don't like Manhattan, New York nigga, right? Uh -huh. Born and raised. Projects, 16th Street, Ninth Avenue, Film Projects. Whole life. Spent my whole life in the projects. My whole childhood till my brother got rich, and he bought my mama a house. And my last year of high school moved us to North Shore. So I was a Knicks fan till I was about ten, and I was like. These niggas be losing. They won. The last ring they won was on my the year I was born, which is 1972. 
And I was like, I'm not about to be Spike Lee. Like that nigga, like he he's had so many heartbreaks. Like I I had to get out of New York. I had to. I had to because them. It, I, so part of me loves them, but I'm waiting for them to put the right squad back together and stay with it. They're not grooming right. the teams. They was getting close, but then Jordan came. And when Jordan right. came, you know, I fell in love with Jordan. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm following that nigga. First was Isaiah. And I was like, I'm never Lakers. I'm a, I'm a Laker hater. Right. Cause I'm a New mm, York nigga. Okay. I'm out in LA and all my niggas that were New York niggas. Now they love the Lakers. And I'm like, you niggas didn't love them. Like all my friends is like, now they like, Oh, LeBron, this LeBron. You niggas was talking shit about LeBron for fucking 15 years. And now he's a fucking Laker. And now you niggas want to love him. Nah, nah. I ain't fuck with y'all. So I, I, I've, I've been a fan. <laughs> now I'm like a free agent cause Jordan retired. And I love Braun. Here's how real I am. I love Braun. Love you too. Love Braun. That nigga went to the Lakers and I was like, oh, I can't fuck with <laughs> Right. I can't fuck with But I love him. Which is, which, I, I wish my yeah. nigga. And at the end of the day with sports, you know, you meet everybody. And all I want is my niggas to be healthy. I want my niggas to be prosperous. I want them to make money. I want them to feed their family. I want them to go, good, do good things for good people and have an illustrious career. Like, Nothing makes me more proud than still seeing you rock. I think niggas is sleeping. I've watched, I've seen videos of you watching out because you, you're friends with the Moynihan. And absolutely. Matt and Mitch, and those, those are my niggas. And That's and family, you know, absolutely. Melo, Melo, you work out right here. I've seen the gym <laughs> they were building for you to be in. Right, absolutely. And I'm watching you pop these threes. Like, people be sleeping. Like, this nigga, could, you could play, play. Like, I'm like... They sleeping. Like, I, I don't sit there and I sit there, fuck a, a what you call a contract. Nigga, pay me my respect. I go up there, I, I throw points out there. Don't give me fuck a veteran bullshit. Nigga, let's go win these, these rings. And I feel like now it's going to be battle of super teams. So I think Brooklyn, I'm happy Brooklyn got their team because now I can hate on these L.A. <laughs> and I would like to see battle of the super teams. I want to see, because at this right, point, right. everybody coming together doing this super team shit. So I want I would love to see you, Mel, you, Bron, Chris Paul, and uh, A.D. play against Kevin Durant, you know, Kyrie, ha- uh, Harden. I, I want to see that. So that's what right. they need to do. Everybody, you know what? We, we got enough money. Let's all take pay cuts. Let's all make some money. Let's all get each other paid. Let's go have some fucking fun and ball out and do it for the audience. And then we, we either get our ring or we don't and retire. And we did it. We're going to do it. Let's do it. I, wish, I, wish, I wish everybody had just that mentality that you have right now. One day when I own the NBA, I am not going <laughs> to own the NBA. But if we- They got teams for, they got teams NBA Africa for sale right now. Really? Yeah. It might be a little too much for my budget. I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking machete. I ain't drinking that shit you drink. <laughs> machete. It ain't pop off yet like that. We it's all no, I also I also heard I also heard some shit. You a Steelers fan, B. Yeah, man. I I've I've been a Steelers fan since I was That hurt ago. me, man. I'm a Ravens, I'm a Ravens diehard. All right, so here's the thing. I respect the Ravens. I respect okay. hard working teams, right? Okay. Here's why I love the Steelers. Because when growing up in the projects, all these, all the Puerto Ricans love, and the white people love the Cowboys. And all the right. niggas was like, nah, we going for Steelers. Because Steelers right. had, you know, Franco Harris. Steelers had Lynn Swan. They had, and they had Terry Bradshaw, who, 
even though he's a white quarterback, he was like a black quarterback. Bradshaw is a real, a real dude. So absolutely, I like the hard worker. I like the defense because for me, offense is one thing. Locking down on defense, that's some other shit. That's that's his right. that got what's his name is his chip just now. Um, um, uh, I can't pronounce this nigga's name. You can't pronounce my shit there. I can't pronounce Anti Tukumpo, Anti Giannis. Antacumpo? Antacumpo? Antacumpo. Yeah, I don't want that nigga to punch me in the face long distance, <laughs> long ass arm. But that boy worked hard, man. Like, and he Yeah, yeah, like, he, did. Yo, he earned it. He earned it. Yeah, he, he earned, earned it. it. He earned it the hard way because, I mean, think about it. You're looking at KD. You're looking at Kyrie. You're looking at Harden. You're looking at a... Uh, you're looking at Philly. Yo, he was right. like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going out there and I'm putting in that work and whatever happens, right. happens. And that's, that's that mentality I have for my career. Like for me, I put in that work. There's never going to be a movie y'all see me do. I ain't sweating. There's never going to be a stand-up special or a show that I do that I ain't sweating and the audience ain't laughing. There's never going to be a TV show where I ain't sweating. Why am I sweating? Cause nigga, I'm putting in that work. That's why. Right. Indeed. And you always been like that. You you always you always been like that. that. That was part of your DNA, you know what I mean? That's just who you are, who your family is. Yeah. At the end of the day. So speak speaking on that, right? And and, and getting into it and just taking it back. You know, we we all know you was born and raised in New York. Um and, and the youngest of 10. I would say that again, the youngest of 10. Yeah. Uh first of all, you know, big shout out to your parents. God bless your parents for that. Yeah. Um so so you know, t- just tell me and tell us, you know, a little bit about just life in the Wayne's household growing up. Cause I know that shit had to be funny, man. Like you was oh, we, to this day, like what was the dinner tables like? Like if you ain't have your shit right, they kick you out. Like what what was that about? The funniest nigga eats. <laughs> <laughs> and, in that case, everybody don't eat in that like case. Dogs doing tricks. Nah, you didn't sit. <laughs> you see, you sit, football. Oh, here you go. Here's your now, you know, we my mother had so much love, and my father was such a hard, hard worker that we just was raised in a, a, a very balanced household. It was funny because my mother, she had jokes from my dad. She cursed that nigga out. And she would say shit that used to wake me and Sean up out of our bed. Like, nigga, did you hear that one? Yeah, she called that nigga mm. a, a father fucker. That's crazy. <laughs> and so we always grew up with jokes. My, my mom taught us jokes and we learned to laugh at our situation. So everybody else, a lot of people in our neighborhood would rob, they'd steal, they go to jail. We had a mother and we had a father. And my father, no matter what, stayed there. And my mother, no matter what, loved us. And that's how we, out of a household of 10 people, that's how we all got out. My brother Keenan being the pioneer, but my brother Dwayne was a good big brother before him. But Keenan was the pioneer and the trailblazer, and he showed us the way. And then Damon went and followed Keenan. Kim went and followed them. Sean went, and I was just like, fuck it, we all getting paid. And then the nephews following me. And so for, for me, you know, that comes from, I think, my parents just loving us. And yes, it was a fun-ass household. We learned to laugh at the darkest shit. Whenever something bad happened, we go, what's funny about it? And we get a spanking, nigga, we listen to the door and listen to how loud the nigga would scream getting his ass beat. And then we tease him afterward. <laughs> and then he'd be like, and it shows the, the, the welts on his ass. Like, well, that's all I could say. Like, we had jokes. Everything bad that happened. And that's what I love about poverty in general, right? When you raised and you raised in the bricks and you raised in New York City, right? I think society is way too fucking sensitive right now. But I think that's the internet doing that because they're trying to control us because real people 
they at my shows. They ain't sensitive like that. I can say what the fuck I want. Nigga, in my, right. my special, you know what it is, wokeish, I say what the fuck I want. When I do my movies, I say what the fuck I want. And people laugh, but they're trying to control us with Twitter. They're trying to control us with Instagram. They're trying to control us with this narrative that, oh, it's the cancel culture. Well, fuck it, cancel me, because you niggas that's canceling me, y'all wasn't going to be at my show in the first place. So right. all the real niggas show up. You ain't gonna cancel me. I'm still gonna sell tickets as long as I'm funny. Absolutely. So you, so you, so then you, you ended up at at LaGuardia High School, right? For, yeah. for music and art. Yeah. Like how, my brother. How you, how you end up there? Uh, I had to audition. It was either I tried out for. Mm. I went to I I seventy, um, which is in uh, Fulton. Shout out Chelsea. Shout out to Chelsea Fulton Projects, PS eleven. I went to I seventy and I tried out for four schools. I tried out for. Um, Bronx Science, Brooklyn Tech, and Stuyvesant. And then I tried out for LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. All three of the schools that you had to test into, they was like, nah, nigga, you ain't going to make it. <laughs> they gave me a quick, like, I opened up the letter, it was like, nah. <laughs> and then LaGuardia, I had to audition. And when I went into the audition, my brother Keenan helped me with my sides, and my dad, he didn't want me going LaGuardia because he's like, they wear tights and my dad's your witness. So he's very like, he was like homophobic, like, don't go there because they wear tights in that school and blah, blah, blah. And so my brother, and he told my, bro, my brother Keenan was like 260 pounds at the time. And my dad said, you can't go to that audition. And my brother Keenan was making it in Hollywood. And he sat across from my father and he said, he's going to that audition. Well, you're going to have to answer to me. Oh, I'm not going to let your thoughts and your um, insecurities stopped that boy from living his dreams. And my brother Keenan was 260 pounds. Right. And he was at that age where he started getting the man titties. You know what I mean? Where the estrogen was beating the testosterone. <laughs> he had to borrow my mom's bra someday. And, my, and he was like, <laughs> okay, child. <laughs> so after that audition, I got into school. And then from there, you know, I, I, that was just my role, man. That was my role. I knew what I wanted to be since I was three. I seen my brother on TV, on Johnny Carson. I seen Keenan on Johnny Carson. We all sitting around a black and white TV in our, ki- in our kitchen with the hanger hanging out the antenna. And we watching my brother on Johnny Carson and he killed. And then Johnny called him to the couch. And when Johnny Carson called you to the couch, NBC was going to give you a deal. My brother got a deal and he moved my mom out the projects. But that day I saw that I could dream and I could be successful at my dream. Right. And then my brother Damon solidified it. And then from there, I just knew it. You're destined for right, right. Go get it. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. As someone with, with the last name Wayans, right? Because that shit holds weight. That shit holds a lot of weight. It does, but you better be talented. Absolutely, but did, did you did you ever see yourself doing anything other than performing? Nah, I, I thought and, about and, and, and like how and, and how and the second part of that is how natural did that come to you? Um, all right, so I thought about uh, being a lawyer, but I was like, nigga, I don't like school that much, and I don't like arguing. Like uh, I had a point, I don't even like arguing with, with girls. I'm like, all right, whatever, I'm going to Miami, right? So. <laughs> Imagine me being in the middle of the courtroom, like, you're right, you know, fuck this trial. Send a nigga to jail. I'm going to Greece. I quit. I'm going to be, I quit. Yo, you, where you at, nigga? <laughs> what wine we sipping on, nigga? I got that machete. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I don't like arguing. And then I thought about being a fireman, but I was like, it look hot in there. <laughs> it, the thought of it is cool, but it's like, right. You ever, that look hot, nigga. I, I burnt my foot making my mom tea, and I was like, nigga. And I swear to God, I got a burn on my foot to this day right here. I'm going to show you my ugly foot. It ain't as ugly as bronze and uh, what's his name? And CPs. But look, I got this burn right here, third degree. And that was the end of me being a fireman. I was like, ah, that shit hurt. Fuck, fireman. And I was like, comedy. I wanted to act, man. I've been I've been in school plays since I was like, I used to turn plays down. I was that good of an actor. They'd be like, we want you to play Oliver Twist in the fourth grade. I was like, nah, it's degrading. Oh. <laughs> I swear to God, I was like, I'm not. To Oliver Twist. They were begging me. They was like, please, you'd be a great Oliver Twist. I said, nah, I don't, they don't, they shouldn't treat a black man like that. That's not the way of, I want to be, want to be portraying myself in a movie. In the fourth grade, too. In the fourth, fourth grade, grade like that. Niggas, my brothers is in Hollywood. So I'm sitting there going, nah, that's degrading. I'm not, they just had Hollywood Shuffle come out. I'm like, nah. We ain't doing slave roles and that type of shit no more. Nah, I'm fucking with that. I swear right. to God, I had three white teachers begging me, please, we need you in this. I said, nah, but I'll play Mr. Bumble, Mr. Humble, or Mr. <laughs> Humble. And that was the, the mean ass teacher in Oliver Twist. And I rocked that shit. My mom was like, baby, even if you was a tree, you would steal the play. You were so mm. good. Fuck Oliver Twist. We should have named this Mr. Bumble. My mother always was my champ, right? So I knew then that this was my calling. I played Peter Pan in second grade. And the audience coming to me and the audience reaction, and I'm laughing at shit that I do. And I would improvise in the plays and I'd just be like, yo, this is me, man. And I try to tell my kids that, right? My son's, my son, Dope-ass baller. Hurt his back. We gonna fix that shit. He's working with Wade's guy right now, Jason. So, but... Yeah, I'll mean, be peeping him out. Amazing ball. I'll be, check, I'll be right? checking him out. Yeah, I'll be checking him he out for sure. He loved the game. He loved the game. Yeah, LMU now. We gonna get him healthy. Get him in there. But that boy was so amazing. And I used to tell him, and the same thing with my daughter, magical writer, great actress, like, find your purpose. The thing that you love to do. And what I love about watching basketball and watching sports is I'm watching people that loves going to play for work. 
And the fact that we can feed our families doing what we love to do. I ain't work a fucking day in my life. Whatever I have to endure to to do a movie, if I got to write it, if I got to produce it, if I got to star in it, if I got, I don't care what it is, doing stand-up on the weekends, I love working seven days a week. That's what I love to do. That's why I'm most happy, making people laugh. That's my purpose. So do you still, speaking about you working seven days a week, do you still, like them pop-ups, like if you just pop up at the comedy club and just jump on stage, what's that feeling like? Because to me, it's like if I just if I just go back to the hood and I just jump into a 515 game. be like, yo, let me get in. <laughs> West 4th Street Park and let me get a run. You know what I mean? Right, right, you, right. It, it's nerve-wracking when you're young in the game. Got you. But when you get nice at what you do, this is what I do, y'all. Nobody, nobody in this park is working like I'm working. So for right. me, now that I'm 10, 12 years in the game, other comedians, yes, but the audience, y'all understand that this is what we do. We're, mad, we're magicians. You're a magician. Why do you hit that three-pointer like that so consistently? Why, why do you hit that Euro step so consistent? Because I've practiced this so much. I read right. the defense, and in an instant, there's a synapse of which I need to react, and I need to counter, and then I can react, right? It's the same thing we do comedy. I tell a joke, they, oh, good. Let me go a little deeper. Now here's what's right. funny about it. Now I know you niggas is listening. Now here's what's funny about that. I don't stress no more. I know what I'm doing. I don't give a fuck who's there, who I'm following, you know, who's before me, who's after me. I walk into club. If I'm going to work out, I don't care about if I kill it or if I bomb. I don't give a fuck. Sometimes I go in with the specific intent to bomb because I, <laughs> from that from that set, which I'm not getting paid for, all I want to do is go practice. I just want to go shoot. And, oh, the gym is open. So I want to go to, I just want to shoot. I don't give a fuck who's in the audience. I don't give a fuck. I'm not trying to press nobody, nigga. I got my five hours of material I can hit you with. Ah, fuck that. I'm creating new shit. This is what right. I'm thinking. This is what's on my heart. And I'm trying to find what's funny about my mother's death. You understand? That note's not funny to me right now. Because, nigga, I'm hurting. But I need to come right. here and give myself therapy. So if you niggas going to judge me about this dark subject that's hurting me, fuck y'all. Right. I'm going to use you because I'm healing. And then from that, oh, man, I found a great 15 minutes about what's funny about my mother's death. And it now I share a birthday with my mama, July 23rd. Wow. Her birthday and my birthday. So every July 23rd is a little hard on me. But this year, I didn't, I didn't cry. Because I had the stage to go on every night and talk about her and honor her. And some shows I just do a pure mama show, just talking about my mom in the lovingest, honestest, honest, most honest way. And I love the audience for sticking with me. Some people would cry. Some people would stay and they would cry laughing. Some people that lost their parents would be like, thank you for that. But and I appreciate them. But you know what? Thank y'all. Because y'all rode with me and we, I didn't know where this was going, but thank you for listening. Comedians, we got to go in these dark caves. And that's why I don't fuck with the cancel culture because we got to go talk about shit. Whether you agree with it or not, I don't give a fuck because I got to go find what's funny because that's my contribution to society is what's funny about shit that you niggas don't know how to laugh at. Right. So don't tell me what to do because I've been doing this for 30 years, I know this science. I was raised in this science since I was fucking 
uh, five. So I've been doing this now 44 years. Damn. Talk about dark shit. My family talking about dark shit. 44 years. 44 years. God damn. Just getting started. My my best years are now. Why? Right. Because I know how to write. I've written over 18 movies. I've probably written 40 movies. I don't know. But 18 gotten produced. I produced 18 movies. I've starred in more than 18 movies. I know how to do television. I have over 100-something episodes of television that I've literally produced. I know how to do it all now. Now I do stand-up. Now I do specials. Now I know how to groom other, other talent. Like, you get to this point for me, especially as a Black uh, man in this industry, 50 is when you get prime. Denzel right. didn't make it to 50. Morgan Freeman that nigga ain't aged because he was 60 when he made it. <laughs> Morgan was already gray with the molds, so it's like, he's forever young. No, he's forever old. But he's here. Like, we don't make it to 50. This new young thing happened recently for black folks. I'm just now able to grow a beard and be a man and be a leading man. And when you see respect, you see the drama. I've known drama since I was in performing arts high school. But for me to showcase it now, I got a movie that I'm doing dramatic shit in August 13th coming out. Respect. And they're going to see a whole nother side. And then six weeks, six days later, I got, you know what it is coming out, which is a special, a comedy special on HBO Max. And what you're going to see is an artist that is diverse, that can do it all. And all I want to do is do it all as best as I can with the best motherfuckers until I'm done doing it. And then we gonna sip wine together. I'm gonna jump on your boat in Capri. You can jump on mine. Cause I'm gonna have machete and you gonna have that experience. <laughs> hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Let's talk about let's let's speak about in living color a little bit, right? Yeah. Because that's 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 where it all began at, and and you know a, a set that like consisted of just family, like as as you know Jim Carrey and Jamie Foxx and J Lo and Rosie Perez and Tommy Davis and David Allen Gray. Like yeah, we could go on and on and on about everybody who came and started and got they got they start off of in, in living color. At at the time, you were. Um, on, on set with 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 just unknown comedians and and, and actors. Well, yeah, nigga, right? I was unknown too. I was. That, well, I'm just saying, like it was a, it was a bunch of yeah. unknown comedians and actors. You've been you've been there too as well. Um, but now but now they the industry greats at the end of the day. Like what what was that experience working with them? Like just all of y'all, just like we all freshmen coming on campus together and we trying to figure this out. Shout out to Keenan, the visionary, the Godfather. Like Keenan's eye taught me how to look at the world, how to, how to respect talent, what talent is. Kanan always seen the, the greatest great in you. And he always challenged you to be greater than what you was. And it was frustrating to a lot of people, even myself. But if it wasn't for the tutelage I had from Kenan, 
I, I wouldn't be in me. And the same thing goes for Damon. Because Damon, unlike Keenan, Keenan was the right eye, Damon's the left. Damon, when it comes to being an artist, has taught me freedom, expression, confidence, and not giving a fuck. Damon was right. fearless. So I had two wonderful teachers that taught me and Sean and my sister Kim, who was the brains. Kim was super book smart. Kim was the person, when I read her thesis from college, it was so funny, she made me want to be a writer. And she's a magical performer. Kim can do it all from singing to dancing to, you know, to, 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 to dramatic acting, to comedy. Like, I was raised by a bunch of kings as a prince to be a king one day when I was old enough. And so that is my college. I used to come down to the set. I was in college and I came down to the set. I just saw Busta Rhymes last night. And I remember being on set talking to my brothers like, yo, y'all got to put Busta on because I was dancing back, <laughs> you know, in the club days, you know, and he had the leaders of new school and I was I was the young nigga. So I'd be like, Mom, who should we have on? I was like, yo, you got to have Busta Rhymes on. You bust around, yo, row, row, like a dungeon dragon, yeah. the and Buster to this day. Like yesterday, I saw him. We was in a, a club together, and he was like, "Yeah, I remember that song. I remember that king. I remember that king." Did yeah. yeah, you sound just like him? You shout out the bus. You sound just like the god, man. That <laughs> <laughs> he was so funny. He was like, "Yeah, I remember that." And I also remember you with that silly ass, goofy rap battle where you roasted me outside of a live. <laughs> But these are my my boys. I used to tell my brothers, put Tribe Call Quest on the show. I would call them up, yo, put Tupac on the show because I was I was the youth. And so that was like my contribution until I actually joined the cast. And once I joined the cast, it was school for me to watch Jim Carrey and David Allen Greer and Tommy Davidson in the sketch and the magic of commitment. Jim Carrey would light himself on fire if he had to to get a lap. David Allen Greer was such a great actor. He could play anything at any sketch. Kim, such a great writer, actress, that she would write most of everything she and David did. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm going, yo, me and my brother Sean, and we going, this is what we got to do to make it. I used to sit in meetings with my brothers talking to the network, to censors, going, all right, don't tell me I can't say it. Tell me how I can. And he would negotiate with the censor. And he go, if you say it this way, then you can say, okay, cool. So I want to keep that joke. And, and I'm watching my brother as a fucking 16-year-old kid. And I'm just like, you know, one day, you're going to be able to do that. And now I'm sitting in the room, and I'm talking to these heads, and I'm talking to the Netflix, and I'm talking to the HBO Max, and I'm like, okay. And I get it because I was raised to do this and I've been watching greats for a long time. And then you just hit this point in your life where you just ready to go be great because you, it's your time. Everybody's time is different. I never get jealous at another man that makes it. You always got to honor them because that's that man's time. Not everybody is going to make it at 19 years old and rock for the rest of their career. Some niggas come at 19, they go on by 20. You ain't heard nothing that's about it. That's a fact. Some niggas that's a failed. Fact. Made it, failed, made it, failed. They're out the business. They come back, they make it. My journey is my journey, and I'm respectful to God and all those that contributed to my journey because I know that it's just a matter of time. And once you get there, you stay there. 
So I'm patient. So I mean, that's yeah. It, it ain't. I mean, hating on another man is is, is some bullshit. It's to weak. be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a, that's a sign of weakness right there. As a as a man, so always give love, man. Always. In 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 2000, I'll say 2000, 2001. You started doing the um the scary movies, like the spoof films and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. What what made you start doing that? Why you want to do the spoof films? Like what drew what drew you what drew you to want to make those? When I was 10 years old, 11 years old. My brother Keenan, I just did Hollywood Shuffle with Robert Townsend. Mm, classic. And it is, made me want to do movies. To be a part of that legacy, man. My brother was a part of a revolution of black filmmaking. Like, no, and I don't think these people now understand, like, we're not giving these brothers enough, their roses, their flowers. Keenan, Robert, Eddie. Yo, we got to give these brothers a celebration, a parade. If it wasn't for what they did and Melvin Ben Peebles, Mario Ben Peebles, like the wave, John Singleton, the waves of black excellence that was before what we call black excellence. We got to reach back. My brother sent me a script when I was 11 years old, 10 years old, called I'm going to get you sucker. Me and my brother, Sean, sat on our bed with no sheets, pissy mattress um, in the middle room. And we read that script together, me and my brother, side by side. And I, we were laughing, laughing the whole time. And we finished the script, and my brother was so dope because he would always ask us, the youth, you know, what's funny about it? And we called him up, collect from the payphone on the corner of 17th Street. And we gave my brother notes about what we thought was funny and or whatever. He was like, how do you like it? And he, he, we was his, 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 uh, his, his, his test group. So we gave him like what we thought. And then the summer they greenlit the movie. He sent us out to California to watch the movie be made. So wow. we sitting on the set of I'm going to get you sucker. He gave us extra roles. He put us in the movie as kids, the tiniest little role. And watching that movie, growing up on that set, watching him feel, uh, he's the pimp of the year. He's the pimp of the My sister singing. When the saints go watch, I watched Damon and Kadeem Hardison battle. Go, go, stupid, take the stairs. And I'm sitting there at 12 years old watching greatness happen before me. And I'm going, I can't wait to do that. And so one day, me and Sean had an idea to spoof the hood movies the way my brother spoofed um, the black black exploitation movies. Me and Sean wanted to do, because that was our era, Boys in the Hood, uh, Menace to Society, uh, uh, fucking South Central. That was our era. Right. So we was like, yo, Let's go do I'm going to get you sucker for this era. And my brother, and we told my, we didn't tell my brother until after we had our first script. And me and Sean, we sat down. We asked a couple of niggas to do with us. It was like, nah, nah, nah. So me and my brother sat there. We collected pages of jokes. Like, literally, we had pads, yellow pads full of jokes. I went to go do above the rim. Sean sat with Phil, put this first shit together, first draft together. Sent it to me when I was on set because I had to pay our rent because we didn't have no money at the time. And um, once I read it, I was like, yo, I got these ideas. I finished the movie. I came back. We showed it to Keenan. 
And Keenan was like, okay, that's good. Now you got to destroy the whole script and you got to write a whole new movie. And Keenan put us through 26 drafts of Don't Be a Menace. 26 drafts. Damn. Before the movie became the movie. And then after that, the movie didn't turn out the way we liked because the director had a different taste. And we had to rewrite an entire movie in a week. And in that one week that we rewrote the movie, based on what we did and based on how we did for the 26th draft, it prepared us to write a whole new movie in seven days so that we had to film 10 days. And that's the movie that y'all see that is Don't Be a Menace. Don't Be a Menace is Keenan pasting together all the scenes that we did, but it was based on all the work that we did prior. So Keenan doing I'm Gonna Get You Sucker and Hollywood Shuffle and seeing Airplane. Keenan took us to see Airplane when we was like eight years old. And that, that movie and Blazing the Saddles, Keenan introduces all that. So when we saw that, we was like, yo, that's what we want to do. Now, I give long fucking answers. So you ain't got to worry about having like, because I talk, especially on. Nah, listen, no, no, we, I ain't worried about that shit. I'm, I'm sitting over here amazed that you, you that y'all did that movie in, in a fucking week. A week. How did, no, like, but we did. A week. We did four weeks before. But the right. So the preparation to that. Went. Right. It fucked up. It wasn't was it was nothing like it. And so he was like, well, we can let your movie fail. We tested it and tested terrible. And Keenan was like, Yo, why you keep giving me the voice though? <laughs> <laughs> it's in all of our heads. My nephews can do the voice. We all can. Because it's like God talking to you. It's like creative God. And so, but I'm glad. And then I knew why he put us through doing 26, 27, 28 drafts before we went to film the movie. Because once the movie wasn't performing, the art of writing is rewriting. And so in that little synapse, we had to write a whole new movie and we were prepared to do it because we did the work. I tell niggas, do the work, stay in the gym, right? What people ask you, how do you hit, how'd you hit that shot? Nigga, I practiced stay in the gym. 10,000 times. That's what I do. Look at this. That's, that's that is that's fucking, that's crazy. That's the science. I do this shit a thousand times where I got carpal tunnel and this wrist. Yeah, I don't know this, but I'm just keep practicing. I'm keep doing it. That story right there is, is, is fucking crazy. And, and, and just going back to what you said, you've been in the game 44 years. But I don't think people understand that. You know, how hard... First of all, it's hard to be in, the, in any industry for two years or a year. You know what I mean? To, to continue to, to establish yourself in, in the industry. So 44 years, it make my 19 years look like shit, to be honest with you. No, 44 yours, years. yours got a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of jumping, nigga. You're, all you niggas be walking like, like God, five, hips be hurting <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, that's why you got to spend that money on your body, man. You got to keep that body right. You, you got to you tell your son, man, look, he, tell your son, keep his body right, man. It's the same thing with, his body right. with, with like with what I do, right? Like, I got to keep my body right. I got vitamin regimen. Right, right now, it's my birthday. I'm going to fuck off. But on an everyday basis, I'm working out six days a week. I'm making my body look different ways for whatever movie I got coming up. I got to feel right as a performer. I got to take my vitamins, my nutrition, my green juice. Like, when you do it, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an athlete as well. Just I don't play sports. Right, the mindset. My body is my temple, and my spirit has to be greater than my body. Because even when I'm injured, the mind and the spirit moves you to greatness. And nobody understands this, that greatness is a real choice. And there's no difference between me and that next man. The only difference is 
that that man, whether he believes it or he doesn't, he's acting like he believes it and he's owning it. But I'm not, I'm fearing myself. I'm giving myself doubt. And it's the consistency that every day you believe that you're as great as that man thinks he is and even greater. And that's what lifts you. But it's the consistency to yourself. Like, I'm greater than that. Yeah, give me the ball. I got it. I got it. That's what I feel. I don't give a fuck right. what I'm doing. Whatever, who I'm with. Right. I don't care. I bet. Mm-hmm. I, I write a lot of my shit. They gave me one line. They gave me one line. Norbert. It said Buster Taps. That's all it said. Buster Taps. Nigga, I wrote a whole 45-minute tap, power tap instructional class. Why? Because I watched Jane Fonda. I watched Billy Blanks. While I was on the treadmill working out, trying to get my body to look like one of those power tap niggas if there was going to be one, and I wrote it all out. And I came to set, and the director was like, what do you want to do? I said, what do you mean? He goes, Someone, it says Buster Taps. Do you have anything you want to do? I said, yeah. I said, can I do it? Brian said, yeah. Nigga, I did a 40-minute tap dance class. I had to, and I said, can I use the extras? They said, yeah. And I've had the extras do what I was doing, mimic what I was doing. Brian said, this is fucking hilarious. How long is it going to be makeup? He's going to be makeup five, seven hours. We're filming this whole shit. And that's how we got the power tap and, and Buster Perkins and Norbit because I came over prepared because it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as small actors. No, no small uh, roles. There's only small actors. I don't, some niggas, you play a game and you got three minutes, I'm going to need you to hit a game-winning shot. Why? Because they're double-teaming that nigga. They got the trap set on this guy and the inbound pass is here and they, they're not looking at you at all. Don't give a fuck about you. So I need right. you in this moment to be ready. Hit that pass, over-prepare. And you say, I like niggas in the gym. He's like, nigga, you ain't never going to get no run. If that right. nigga's shooting a thousand shots, you shooting a thousand, you the star, and he's shooting a thousand. And you're like, what's this nigga doing that? But then right. in that Stay game, ready, you don't got to get ready. Goal. That nigga right there. That's what Jordan did to Steve Kerr and John Paxson. Niggas wasn't lighting it up like that. He was like, oh, they on me. They on Pip. Right. Stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. My nigga. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Going into, you know, your, your role in, 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 in Aretha biopic, um, uh, Respect. Like, you, you, you working with other greatness at the end of the day, right, too. So how do you prepare to act with, like, a powerhouse like, like Jennifer Hudson, right, who, who has won, you know, who, who has won Academy Awards, Global Globe. You know, she's top, of the, she's top of the top, but that's greatness, too. And so how, how does that prepare you? How did you prepare to work with that? I always, always over-prepare. If I'm going to go do something, I'm going to do it, you know. Um, but Jennifer, by the way, who does a 
incredible job. Like she embodies the role. Some people do the role. Jennifer embodied the role. She is Aretha. She was so amazing. So sweet to work with. Such a star. And then I'm sandwiched between her and Forrest Whitaker, who's a goat. One, you know, he's a goat and actor. Absolutely. Forrest is a monster. So if you walk onto that set and you ain't prepared, you were an idiot. Nah, I I did everything they did to prepare, I did. Jennifer set the stage. The woman sang live, take after take after take live. And that instrument is so dope. She don't drink, she don't smoke, she don't do nothing. That's how much she loves her instrument. That she's just so prepared to rock her shit. And she comes on an example every day. The director comes in and she demands that of you quietly without going, you got to do your work. No, we know we have to do our work. I worked with my acting coach, Leland. I worked with Taj, who's moving coach. I worked with Tom, who was our voice coach. And I did the work. I worked after work. It's not about what you do. It's not about the game. It's never about the game. Absolutely. What do you do after the game? Right. You know, I look about like Kobe. Kobe. That nigga be like, yeah, I'm going. We hitting this club. Nah, <laughs> right, right, right. He coming, he coming, he coming in. He, he coming in as you going out. <laughs> and they was like, yo, I'm going to the gym. I'm going for monster. Like, like for real, like you know what it is. Like, you spend so much time at that uh at at at, at Sky shooting, running, running, you know, fucking five on five. Right. Like, yo, we practicing without them t- paying me for practice. I'm just doing this because I love the game and I want to get better. Right. So these little practice, I know you niggas is hungry and y'all going to play bigger, better defense on me than these niggas in the NBA because y'all want to shut me down more because that will be your saving grace and that's your moment. So it's the work you do outside of the work. Work isn't when they pay. That's the fun. Work is when they ain't paying you, how hard are you willing to work? How much you willing to sacrifice? How much are you willing to endure? And that's what I did on this movie. I worked. And you can see it in the performance. Like, I'm proud because I don't have a, a false moment in the movie. And I have layers and texture in the character. He's the love interest and the villain. And that's complex to play. You love him. He's a romantic lead in the villain. So you love him. You fall in love with him and then you hate him because he starts disrespecting her. And then you feel sorry for him because you see he did it because he's just insecure and jealous. And those are human emotions. And so, yeah, you want want him to be better, but yeah, Aretha, you got to go. But what I love is the textures of the character. And the reason, the only reason why I got textured is because I'm stuck between Jennifer Hudson, Forrest Whitaker, and I got Liesl Tommy, and a great script that Tracy wrote. And everybody's bringing their A game. And I got to find layers and texture because I don't want to be one note. And I'm proud of it. I can't wait to see this shit, to be honest with you. Aretha comes it's out. Dope. Aretha Respect comes out August 13th, correct? Yep. August 13th. Um, but, you know, but, but before we wrap up, uh, what, what else can the people be looking for? You know, I, I know your special is, is a part, you know, I know your special is part of a larger kind of deal at HBO Max. Yeah, I, I, got, I got my special coming out. Um, 
uh, August 19th. You know what it, would, what it is. Different than Wokish. Wokish was on Netflix. This one's going to be on HBO Max, August 19th. And the beauty of this one is, I think Wokish, because it was my first, I, was, I wasn't comfortable with talking about myself. I was talking about the world. And as a comedian, the first thing you want to do is you want to talk about the world because it's easy to go, what's funny about other people? This one, I bought it closer to me and I did 100% about me, about my perspective. I didn't really talk about politics. I didn't talk about race. I talked about me, my mistakes, my children, my, my children's mother, my family. Like I talked about real shit. And so I found that that's given me a peace and I'm able to sit in the pocket like a great quarterback without scrambling outside the pocket. I'm just going to sit in the pocket. I'm throwing them passes because I'm talking about me. There is no, it's one, two, three, drop it. Right. Same thing with the jokes. Like I'm at a place right now where I know my next three specials. Like you hit that zone because I put in the work. So I'm really excited for people to see, you know what it is. Cause I talk about my life. I talk about my gay daughter my son who can be an asshole sometime and I love him and teenagers being assholes. I talk about, you know, not hitting my kids and why I should have and why I didn't, you know, and I talk about being hit as a kid. I talk about fucking up, getting caught cheating, you know, and how that fucked my family up. But with all that shit, it's truth. And I find what's funny about that. Right. As dark as you may think, because end of the day, love is acceptance. No matter what happens with our families, right? No matter what your kids are going to be, accept them. Why? Because there's going to be things that you don't want your kids to accept you for. Facts. Nigga, we ain't perfect. Nobody perfect, you know? And so you try to create this perfection, but the only thing we can do is provide. Only thing we can do is love. Only can do is honor. But at the same time, you love like you want to be loved. And it's not fair to fathers to think that, oh, we just superhero that don't make mistakes. No, nigga, I make the most mistakes. Facts. I don't want you not to do the same shit I did. You be better. Right. I fuck You be better. And I just talk about it from a true perspective as a, as a loving father, a loving man, and a lover of life. And it's really fucking funny. And I'm proud of it. August 19th, you know what it is. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So before we close, man, I I, I always do like a, a few fire, you know, quick fire questions before we close out. Uh, the, the people and I have... But you like, nigga, you talk too much. So. No, 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 no. We, I, listen, I, I, listen I, can build with, I can build with you all day. You heard? I can, I can build with you all uh-huh. day. So, but I, I want to yeah. just throw some, you know, some quick rapid fire questions out there to you, man. And, well, all right, before you do, shout out James Book Night. Proud of you, the Book Night family. That's a fact. Uh, I hope that man goes in the top five. I think he's an amazing player. It'll be a great one-on-one. Absolutely. We just we, we just did a special with him uh, with Through the Lens that we, we just did with, with James. Absolutely. His father's like one of one of my, their family's like one of my dear family friends. They used to bully us when we were little, <laughs> but not John. Only George. George, I love you, but you're an asshole. And um, I'm happy for you, your nephew, your mom, your family. Uh, shout out to all all y'all that here, all those past. Y'all know I love y'all from Wayne's Bug Night. Always Fulton Projects, my niggas. You're on vacation with your family, right? What 
What What are you and your siblings? What are you and your you know your family? What y'all drinking? Um, Sean and Keenan. Keenan's drinking water and green juice. Sean drinking vodka and cranberry. Me and Damon, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> All of the above after that. Nigga, me and Damon, what you got? My nephews, what you got? Pie tequila. Yeah, I'm not good on vodkas. Wine if we had dinner. What you got? What whatever. If you are if, if, if you out if you out you know, if you out at a nice restaurant or a date or, or what you what you going to? I'm gonna do some uh a daytime or nighttime? Say nighttime. Daytime. Say, say daytime and night. Daytime, I'm sipping rumors, whisper w- rumors, uh, which is a rose. Yeah. Uh, uh, my shout out to Barry. So I'm drinking rumors and uh, nighttime. I'm probably gonna sip on. I really like that weight. Um, uh, until you drop your shit uh, <laughs> on some machete or a nice cabernet. Okay, I, I cabernet at dinner and then afterward, low me. With some some forty two or some Lobo sauce, I had no or some or some uh, Delion. Do that Diddy in there? You you know I throw my niggas in there. You supposed to? You supposed to though? That's how it's supposed to I be. I want prosperity. Like we don't do that enough, right? Everybody do it all the time. We gotta look at each other and be more welcoming. That's why when it's like, yo, Melo wants you in the show. Done. Let's go. Just pick it up. Indeed, it's, it's, it's always. It's you always ain't love. gotta have a long conversation. You ain't gotta get through me, do friends, nigga. What you need? Right. Let's go. Indeed, as it should be. That's how it's supposed to be, man. We support each other. That's how it's supposed to be. If you exactly. if you celebrating, say a big win or a new a new project. Okay, Aretha, you know, coming out. Respect. How you celebrating that? What's in your glass? I'm probably gonna go to Wally's. You got the back. You got the back room at Wally's or what? Yeah, I'm in the back. Okay, room. okay. Yeah, I, I ain't gonna sit nothing crazy. Crazy to me, like I, I like finding wines between sixty and one twenty. That's a great price because I feel like past that, I have never tasted anything past that that made me go ah, I gotta drop seven grand on a wine. Mm, grapes only get so sour; they only mature but so much. <laughs> So if I ever drop a G or two G's on a bottle, I'm good. I've tasted probably a fifty thousand dollar bottle, nigga. You know how slow I sip that motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> nigga. Because <laughs> I was thinking every sip is a thousand, <laughs> like six hundred bucks on a project, nigga. I'm like, whoa, yeah. So. I enjoy that, nigga. <laughs> Niggas drinking that shit. <laughs> What's that shit? The droplets? <laughs> nigga, put it in drop. A uh, tincture. No, nigga. That shit made me nervous. Like, I'm, I don't care how much money I got. I just go, nah, I'm good. Just give me this shit. Because all going to get me drunk, you know, but I just go, I, I just don't, especially when you have a lot of family, right? I don't spend money on frivolous shit. I have a lot of family. I have a lot of people that I love. I have generations to provide for. And I don't want to waste my money on bullshit because I can help. I'd rather have that money to be like, if I'm going to spend five grand on a bottle or 20 grand on a bottle, I'd rather give that to somebody and enrich their life or invest in the business. We don't think past our life. And I'm thinking generations when I'm gone, that I fed those, that I'm able to bury somebody in my neighborhood when they ain't got the money to bury them. Yo, 
I don't want to think about it. I'm a man. And as a man, I just go, I don't really need that. Nigga, my daddy taught me, stay humble. Nigga, absolute, get you just as drunk as Boogaloo, whatever the fuck, Bagula, Bagula, Babula, whatever the fuck it is, by the way. Um, it all gets you fucked up. So why spend that much when I can put that shit away and I can give that to somebody? I got friends that hit me up all the time and I never want to say no. We all have that problem. But it comes a point in time where we have to say no. You understand? Nigga, I've learned the art of no. Some some niggas ain't worth, nigga, you I see your number, nigga. <laughs> that nah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I don't give a fuck what you selling, nigga. You spam risk to me. <laughs> some niggas don't deserve your love, and you're right. right. But some people, the ones that need it, and plus, you know, we gotta teach people behind us how to love. Right. And how we want our villages to be. Love is an art. Love is a, a, a vibe. And we have to create that with our actions. You know what I'm saying? My niggas hit me. They need anything. I'm there. But shout out to Mark Birnbaum and Eugene yeah, Rams. Absolutely. You know, my brothers too. You know, we have a lot of a lot of friends. Like this is ancestral. It's easy for me to be like, yeah, Mello want to do it. Let's go. Right. Why? Because Mark Birnbaum, Eugene Ram. You know, those are like two of my dear friends, right. and we always talk with you and and the Moynians and 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 uh, who else and uh, fucking to treat. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're all my friends. Like That's so, yeah. You be working. You got eighty two games a year to play. Uh, eighty two games to play a year. So when you ain't there, you're speaking. You're spoken highly of. Right. And so this is easy for me to sit down because of that that relationship. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. I appreciate you, though, man. I just want to say thank you, man. Thank you, bro, for, for joining me, man. Hey, Melo, I want to sit down with you and grill you, nigga. Hey, listen. What's in whenever, your nose, nigga? Whenever, whenever you're ready. <laughs> I'm going to do a show. What's in your nose? You're going to have crackheads on. What's in your pipe, nigga? We doing, we doing what's in your pipe, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you got to stop that shit, man. You got to no, stop my that. Nigga. <laughs> Yo, it's all love, man. I appreciate you, man. Blessings to you, the fam, man. It's always and, love. And I want a big shout out to you. An illustrious fucking career. You've done so much great shit. You've been such, not even on the court, but you're an activist as a man. You know what it is? As a black man, a risk of shit to go out there. I've, I've seen you do it. I respect you on the wood, but I respect you on the concrete. I Indeed. respect what you do as a father. I respect you as a man. I respect you loving your wife as long as you did and loving her afterward because you know what? Our family ain't always got to be together to be together because I've been through that. Mm -hmm. I love you eternally no matter what with the best of my love. As a man and as a, an example for all the young men, young people that come out the concrete we have roses in concrete, and you're a rose out the concrete, brother. You've done it. There's a lot. My son looking at you going, nigga, mellow. Like you've done it. <laughs> and not even just on the court with what you do, but as you get better. You know what I mean? And from your lessons and from, like, in your fashion, like you and fucking Iverson with the cornrows. You, if that nigga dropped, left them off, you picked them back up. <laughs> Absolutely. Like fashion, like all that shit, man. The, even the afterlife. Even even now, like I said, nigga, pay that man. Because I'm watching you grind down. Whenever you throw up 20-something points, as a nigga in his 30s, I'm like, in his latter, bro, 
niggas don't know what it takes to do that. Absolutely. That shit ain't easy. You don't know what it takes for me to be in the gym the hours I'm in the gym to have the stamina to hit that. So respects to you, King. You badass nigga. Thank you for being an example of me, my kids, and greatness, period. Goats, my nigga. Indeed. Cheers, my love. Cheers, baby. Cheers, boy. Peace, champ. I appreciate you.